Take your Bibles, please. Let's get into the Word this morning. We are finishing up 3 John. So this is the fifth sermon from 3 John. And uh, this is the conclusion of a series of messages that began in October, believe it or not, when we started 1 John. And we've been going through 1 John verse by verse, then 2 John verse by verse, and then 3 John verse by verse. And today, I think we're going to finish 3 John. Before we uh, get into the Word and and we pray, uh, I wanted to mention our brother Jesus Ruiz. Uh, Jesus was with us last week. Many of you contributed, and uh, some of you stayed for the, for the fundraiser last week. It was a successful fundraiser. He's, I think he's probably landed in Chicago by now. He's there for a week of training to work with gangs. And uh, I want to take a minute and pray for our brother, and pray for this message as well. So, Lord, thank you for our dear brother, Jesus, and uh, Leaving the Streets Ministries. <clears throat> thank you, Lord, for Jesus and Wanda and their passion to reach... Um, not only the gang members here locally, but just people who need help. Lord, they're so busy all the time. And Lord, you've opened up a door for Jesus to go to a week-long training session with a nationally recognized organization. Bless his trip. Bless his time there. Let him learn a lot. Let him come back home safely. And let Leaving the Streets continue to be a very important ministry here in town. We thank you for it. Lord, we do pray your blessing over the message today. Let our, let our eyes be open to see the things you want to show us. Let our ears be open to hear what saith the Lord. Lord, anoint me as, as I preach today. Let me, let me say the things that you want me to say that will bring glory and praise to you and will bring hope and encouragement to the church body. So we thank you for it. Holy Spirit, come. Be our teacher today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So 3 John... We're looking at verses 13 and 14. So we're going to start right there. I had many things to write, but I do not wish to write to you with pen and ink. But I hope to see you shortly, and we shall speak face to face. Peace to you. Our friends greet you. Greet the friends by name. So, we've already established the fact that Gaius was a godly man, a good man, a good friend of John's. If you look uh, in in a few verses, in the New King James, it says beloved. In the NIV, it refers to Gaius as a friend or a godly friend or a brotherly friend. But verse number one, beloved Gaius. Verse number two, beloved. Verse number five, beloved. Verse number 11, beloved. Um, And so Gaius was a special person to John. Now, verses 13 and 14 are the benediction or the closing to this letter. Uh, Remember, there's three important characters in this particular epistle. There's godly and beloved Gaius. There's the prideful and arrogant Diotrephes. And there's the good testimony, Demetrius. So in verses 13 and 14, John is saying to Gaius, I'm just going to paraphrase, I've got more to tell you, I've got more to share with you, but I don't want to write it down on a, on a piece of paper. I want, to, I want to see you face to face, and hopefully that will be very soon. Note for application for us today, he's saying to his friend, I don't want to write you a letter, I don't want to write you an email, I don't want to send you a text or write with Twitter or even call you on a cell phone. I just want to have an old-fashioned sit-down and have a conversation with you. 
there's many in the church that have had conversations with the pastor over the last years. And, and I always enjoy those sit-down conversations. You pick up a lot more through a face-to-face than a text or a, uh, even a cell phone call. But anyway, verses 13 and 14 are very similar. If you look back in, in 2 John, verses 12 and 13, very similar wording. In, in 2 John, uh, John is uh, saying uh, farewell to the elect lady in verse number 1 of that, of that epistle. Uh, and we know that is referring to a church. But he says, I have many more things to write to you. I don't wish to do so with paper and ink, but I hope to come to you soon and speak face to face, that our joy may be full. Uh, And the the children of your uh, elect sister greet you. So a sister church greets the mother church as well. And a very similar uh, benediction. Gaius is a faithful helper. Uh, with a heart for serving God. If you remember the previous sermons, uh, John was writing to him saying, continue to support the missionaries that are passing through. Either give them a place to stay, give them money, but support them, keep doing, you're doing the right thing, keep doing the the thing there. And and obviously note the differences in uh, in Gaius and Diotrephes. I think it's pretty clear, verse number 9, 10, and 11. Diotrephes was the opposite of Gaius. And John is, you know, telling Gaius, you know, I appreciate you. I love you. I want to sit down and talk to you. Um, Diotrephes, I'll deal with him when I get there. And then there's a similarity with Demetrius in verse number, uh, verse number 12, who has a good testimony. Gaius, you would say, has a good testimony as well. So the closing words to the letter. Uh, I had many things to write, but I don't wish to write to you with pen and ink, but I hope to see you soon. And then he says, peace to you. Uh, in the context of the epistle, if you look back at verses 9 and 10, when there's not so much peace between John and Diotrephes, because John says, when I get there, I'm going to take care of Diotrephes. I'm going to set him straight. He doesn't support us. He doesn't listen to us. I'm going to deal with him. But, but to you, Gaius, I'm saying peace to you. Even though there's conflict there with, with him, there's peace to you. And then he says, he concludes this by saying, our friends greet you, uh, offering Gaius a, a larger support base. Not only is John saying it, but John and friends are saying, we support you. And, um, and then he says, greet the friends by name that are up there. So John had friends there where Gaius was. And he's keeping the, the, uh, the whole concept of friendship uh, in play here. I've entitled the message today, by the way, The Value of a Friend. The value of a friend. And verses 13 and 14 offer a glimpse into the closeness between two brothers in Christ that are united by their mutual love for the Lord. Um, just this morning, I was doing my personal devotion, and, and uh, I came across Ephesians 3, verse 20, which says, Now to God who is... Uh, able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we think or imagine was the key verse of this, of this thing that I came across. But in the context of that verse, what Paul was talking about was God is able to bring together Jew and Gentile. He's able, and you have to think about it, the, the way it was described to me, it would be like God is able to bring together Republicans and Democrats or Yankee fans and Red Sox fans. Or Jew and Gentile, they're totally different in many different layers of their relationship. But God is able to do supernaturally above and beyond what we can think or imagine. 
And in that context, what, what John is addressing here with Gaius, he's saying, we have a friendship. We have a bond between us that only God could create. I want to encourage, the, the, the message this morning is really an encouragement to have and develop friendships within the body of Christ. Very, very valuable. Very, very important. So the value of a friend. Now, in, in preparing for this, I realize this, is, this could be a tender subject for some, some of us. As, as we say, this could be a landmine, a landmine sermon. In other words, some of us could walk down this path and, and feel bombs of hurt or conviction or worry over our relationships with our so-called friends. No raising of hands, but how many people here or online have been hurt by other people in church? We think they're our friends, and yet we end up getting hurt by them. Or, on the other hand, how many people have we hurt inadvertently or unknowingly? We hurt somebody because of our own insensitivity to their particular problem. And we find out later that, oh, I really hurt that person. I'm really sorry for that. But anyway, friendships apparently are pretty important in the Word of God, in, the, in God's Word. Um, I, I have been personally, uh, like all my life, I, how many of you remember I, I went to a high school reunion, uh, well, it was two years ago now. I went to my high school reunion. And I saw friends of mine that I hadn't seen in a long time. And I realized at the time they filled a, a gap. They, did, they, were, they were in my life for a season and they blessed me. Most of us value friendships. And, and well, we should. Most of us strive for friendships. And probably many of us wish we had more friendships. But think of these different characters in the Bible as we get into this topic today. Abraham was a great friend of Lot. Yeah, they were uncle and nephew, which tells us even within families you could have a good friend. You know, sometimes we think, I could never be close to someone in my family because they're my family. Well, actually, the opposite is true. Abraham and Lot. Abraham rescued Lot from his captivity. What about Ruth and Naomi? Great story in the Bible. Two, two different ladies, a, mother, uh, a mother-in-law and a daughter-in-law. Different cultures, different faiths at, at first. But God brought them together in a special way. They loved each other. What about David and Jonathan? The scripture says they had an immediate bond between them. They were good friends for life. What about Job and his friends who availed themselves to help Job through his many burdens? There's Elijah and Elisha, friends, comrades, always hanging out together, doing things together. There's, and you all know from our study on Wednesday night, there's, there's Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Four friends, I think they were friends the whole 70 years, they were in captivity, probably before that, and maybe after that. There's Jesus. Jesus had an inner circle, you know, of James and John and Peter. John is the one whom he loved. But Jesus also had Mary and Martha and Lazarus that were very good friends of his. The brothers, Peter and Andrew, 
had a great friendship with another set of brothers, James and John. They were in the fishing business together. Paul certainly was friends with Priscilla and Aquila and Timothy and Epaphroditus and maybe Silas. Peter had John Mark. And we could go on and on and on, but we we glean from Scripture that friendships are often used by God to strengthen, encourage, challenge, and grow us into the people that God really wants us to be. You know, Stacy alluded to uh, our conversion many years ago when my friend Lenny, my, my friend Lenny, who knew me really well, and I just spent the afternoon telling him all my woes, but he's the one, the Lord, of course he, the Lord used Lenny, he could talk to me, I, I would listen to him, he's my friend. And he said in, in a classic southern accent that's written down in the annals of history, Rick, man, you got to get right with Jesus. Okay, Lenny, how do I do that? And he told us how. But it was through a friend that I was confronted with the truth. And it continues throughout my life in that way, too. I'm thankful for the many friends the Lord has put in my life at certain times for various reasons and purposes. But having friends is important and valuable, although it is not without its risks. There are risks involved. If you study the book of Psalms, David has many friends he, he alludes to, but many times his so-called friends did things behind his back and hurt him, and he, he dealt with that pain. So the Word of God says uh, some important things about friendship. I want to just highlight four of them. There's, uh, there's probably, you know, I don't know how many, but there's a lot. But think about these scriptures uh, as I just talk about them for a minute. But John fifteen thirteen, Jesus said, Greater love has no man than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. Sometimes a friendship demands sacrifice. You know, so you have to ask yourself, do I have friends? Am I giving enough in this relationship? Or what's the story? But anyway, there's no greater love than someone to lay down their life sacrificially for their friend. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says, As iron sharpens iron, you know, that's like, that's like this. You know, that's like when you talk to someone and they talk back to you. And you say, yeah, but, and say, yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah, yeah, but... And as iron sharpening iron. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. If it's not a friend, they're going to have a fist fight. But if it's a friend, they're going to have a conversation and learn something from each other. Tough love is what we call it. 2 Timothy 2.22, tremendous scripture. Most of us know the first part and don't spend too much time thinking about the second part. But the first part says, flee youthful lusts. Yeah, that's, that's what Christians do. We, we flee sexual immorality. But that's not the end of what Paul was saying. He, he said, flee those youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith, peace, and love, and pursue those things with those who call upon the Lord with a pure heart. In other words, flee those sins, yes, but run the race with other people that have a pure heart. A good friend will have a pure heart. We have to be careful who we associate with. As Paul wrote in another place, uh, don't be deceived. Ungodly company corrupts the heart. 
So run the race with those that are seeking God with a pure heart. Flee sexual immorality. Yeah, flee all sorts of sin, but run with people. Get aligned with people that have a pure heart. James 5.16. I was thinking about this this morning, and I I see this in a different way. It says, confess your sins to one another. A lot of us cringe when we hear that because we don't want anyone to know. (laughs) But it says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. And then it says something really interesting, that you may be healed. Well, it dawned on me this morning as I'm thinking about this, forgiveness comes from God. You know, only God forgives us. I mean, people can forgive us too, but the forgiveness we seek is from God. But the healing we need comes from relationship with people. That's another aspect of of this confession and praying you know, the forgiveness comes from God, but the healing that we need that caused the sin in the first place is going to come through a relationship and conversation with somebody else. Don't you love God's way of doing things? In other words, he wants to expose the heart, not only to himself, but to somebody else that you can trust. Not, any, not just anybody, but somebody you could trust that has, going back, a pure heart. And then in that context, it says the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Well, a righteous man is one that will expose his heart to God and to a close comrade and have that fellowship. So we can see that having a friend and friends is very valuable in God's kingdom. Well, back to verses 13 and 14. I want to bring out four Qualities or four reasons why I could see here why having friendships is valuable and important. So the first, they're all in verse number 14. The first, the first reason why we value friendships or why, why, why we value having a friend. In verse number 14, John says, I hope to see you shortly And we shall speak face to face. I look at it like this. Having a friend gives us something and somebody we look forward to seeing. It gives us something to look forward to. John is saying, I want to see you. I hope to see you. I don't want to write you a letter. I don't want to send you a text. I want to see your face. I want to hear your voice. I want to see your smile. I want to look into your eyes and feel your warmth. But having a friend gives us that opportunity to look forward to something. He says, I hope it's soon. I hope it's really soon that we can see each other. Now, going back in this epistle, if you look at it quickly with me, in verse number two, uh, John is saying, I I hope that you're you're prospering in your health as much as your soul is prospering. I want to talk to you about how you're doing in life. How's your health? How, How are things going? I want to talk to you about that. In verse number three, uh, John says, I, I, I rejoice. I've heard these testimonies from other people about your faith. Gaius, I'm happy for you. But now I want to sit down and talk to you about your faith. I want to go deeper than just hearing about it. Verse number 10, um, I'll deal with diatrophies when I come there, but, but I want to spend time with you, Gaius. You're valuable to me. You're important to me. 
One of the main reasons why there's so much loneliness and depression or a lack of motivation, a a lack of, I don't know, a lack of desire to get up and get going is because there's a lack of friendships in the world, in the church even. And so you have to think, why is that? Well, people, well, we're too busy. Could be. Maybe we're reluctant because we got hurt before. We don't want to do that again. So maybe that's it. Maybe there's a, a lack of self-confidence to just to reach out. Well, the word has called us to reach out. And to and to and to and to walk this Christian life with one another. I found over the years those that walk alone usually don't last too long. And I know the internet is a cheap substitute for real fellowship. This is where it's at. You're, all these eyes are looking at me. You're looking at me. <laughs> You're here. I get it, you know. But if we, if we need to talk sometime, we'll sit down and we'll have a conversation. You know, or you, you, you may have a friendship in the church. You, you should have coffee, whatever. Spend time together. You're, we're not designed to walk alone. Let me give you some other scriptures here. The word says some interesting things about friendships. Proverbs 18.24 says this. A man who has friends, guess what? Must himself be friendly. Oh boy. Now I'm responsible? Okay. (laughs) Friendly people seem seem to develop friendships quite easily. How are you friendly with people? Well, listen more. Give someone a compliment. Be faithful. Be available. Just be friendly to someone. Develop a friendship. Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend loves at all times. Not just when things are going well. Not just when you agree. But a real friend will love through the conflict. That's what a real friend is, isn't it? And, and again, a lot of times those friends are within the family. Not all the time. My wife is my best friend, I have to say. Absolutely, no question about that. God put Pam in my life to be my friend and my wife and my comrade. Well, she's my friend. And, and she loves me at all times. <laughs> I'm going to stand on that verse. <laughs> um, <laughs> so a, a friendship is a stable, consistent love. Colossians 3.13 says... It says, bear with one another and forgive one another. Forgive as Christ forgave you. Forgive others the same way. We'll miss out on having a real friendship if we harbor ill feelings and unforgiveness towards people. So on a personal note, Pamela and I have been uh, in our district, the Southern New England District of the Assemblies of God, since 1986 for 36 years. Same district, so Massachusetts, Connecticut, and Rhode Island. We know a lot of people in ministry. We know a lot of people in ministry. Friends. But we'd have a handful of people that we would really consider our friends. So when we go to district events or different things that are happening, we look forward to seeing our real friends 
and getting caught up on things, getting family matters, church matters, situations. We have a certain bond with people. So when John says to the guys, I want to see you, I I look forward to spending time with you. I feel like we have some of that with some pastoral friends in our district. So many of you are on our live stream. I want to tell you about a friend of mine. Some of you know him because he's on live stream all the time. This is my friend Anthony or my friend Tony Casina. Hi, Tony. <laughs> uh, Tony now lives in New Jersey, but we met each other way back before Pam and I were married. Tony and I met each other. He was a drummer. We played in a band together. He ended up getting saved and went to our church and he went to our wedding that day and Probably for 25 years, every anniversary date, Tony would send us an anniversary card. Then we kind of separated our ways. But in March of 2020, when the live stream happened, who do you think the first guy on there was? Tony. I said, Tony, how are you, man? Good to see you on the live stream. Let me tell you, Tony has been on every, I think he missed one since March of 2020. Uh, Let me go further. I'm talking about Sunday mornings. Sunday nights, Tuesday talk at 12 o'clock, Wednesday night Bible study at 7, Thursday talk at 7, and once a month men's Zoom meeting. He even got on here when he was in Italy two weeks ago. Greetings from Rome. I said, Tony, you're in Italy? Yeah. The thing is, we haven't seen each other in over 20 years face to face. I'm so looking forward. Tony, let's get together. I'm so looking forward to the day when we could get together face to face. But what a faithful friend. My goodness. There's another brother who's on live stream a lot. His name is Jerry Ellis. Jerry uh, lives in Connecticut. He was from our church in Webster. And um, he was here last Sunday, as a matter of fact. He came to the baseball game last Saturday when some of the men went to Worcester for a game. But um, Jerry's on every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night. He's a faithful brother. His wife is on. His sister, three sisters are on. His son is on every now and then. His daughter's on every now and then. And uh, just a faithful brother. Jerry, looking forward to seeing you again. Good seeing you last week. But... In John, in 3 John 14, John is saying, guys, I hope to see you. I want to spend time with you. See, a friend is someone that will encourage us to keep going in the right direction and will be faithful as the clock ticks. I mean, we've been married 45 years. I've known Tony longer than 45 years. He's still my friend. This is valuable. This is important. We know people in ministry in our district for what, 36 years? Good friends. They've been through a lot of different things, but they're faithful, and we're faithful friends back to them. So, numero uno, the value of a friendship, it gives us something to look forward to. You know what I mean? Like, if you go to a family gathering, and you see some family members that you haven't seen in a while, aren't you excited to see them, get caught up on things? That's the value of a friendship. Here's number two. Value of a friend, a spiritual, there's a a spiritual component to the friendship. We're talking about Christian friendship here. Uh, John says in verse 14, he says, uh, peace to you. In saying peace to you, he's saying, God be with you. May the Prince of Peace be with you and bless you and watch over you. And I just want to revisit last Sunday's sermon for just a few minutes. That was entitled, Peace Be Still. Thank you, Stacy, for your message last week. But among friends, 
And among believers, that sermon was, was powerful enough to change our outlook. What Stacy was saying was, when she said, seek the peace of God, what she was saying was, peace, there's peace in the battle. There's peace in the storm. There's peace in the hardship. There's, peace is not passive. Peace is the power of God upon us as we go through things. So now when, when John is saying to Gaius in verse 14, peace to you, he's remembering, I'm going to get diatrophies when I go up there. But for you, Gaius, may the peace of God be on you. You're okay. In spite of what's going on in the church, there's peace upon you. I love what Stacy said. Been practicing it every day. Build an altar. Right? Build an altar. Uh, establish rhythms of renewal in your mind every day. And engage in the supernatural. Seek the peace of God. But peace is not passive. It's not whimsical. It's powerful. There's an anointing with the peace of God. So friends will support each other spiritually. And challenge each other spiritually. And encourage each other spiritually. But will not provoke one another to anger. And meanness. Some people have a tendency to bring out the worst in other people. That's not what a friend does. A friend begins to analyze the situation and say, I better not go there right now. Now's not the time. But some people will just grind it in and pull out the worst in people. That's not a friend. A friend will, will bring the peace of God into a situation. And I, like I said, not a passiveness, but a power of God to help you through your situation. Verse number two. If you could paraphrase it, John is saying, I hope that your life is prosperous, your health is prosperous, as your soul is prospering. Verse number four, I, 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 I rejoice, guys, that you're walking in truth. Continue to walk in truth. Verse number six, continue to help those missionaries that are traveling through. You're doing the right thing. Hebrews 10, 24, it says this, Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works not forsaking the assembling of yourselves as, as some do, but exhorting one another, especially as you see the day approaching. Can I just talk about something for a minute? There's fires burning all over the country. There's floods in Kentucky that are killing people. I don't see a whole lot of people talking about it. I think if Jesus came back today and we said, Lord, why didn't you warn us? He would say, man, I've been telling you for the last three years, I'm coming. But see, in the midst of that, in the midst of debris falling from the sky, do you hear about that one from China? And meteorites crashing to the earth. Whoa. And COVID is rearing its head. And now there's monkeypox. There's diseases and all sorts of stuff and war. And what Ukraine is still crazy. Peace to you. Peace to you. See, a friend will say, yeah, all that's going on. But peace to you. Build an altar. Get alone with God. Renew your mind. Get into a rhythm every day of renewing your mind in God. That's why this prayer thing is not just for a day or a week. I would like to say until Jesus comes back. Is that too radical to say? We should be doing it until Jesus comes back. We're praying every day. Please join us if, you're, if you haven't. Just get up. Spend some time with God before you do anything. You may have to get up 15 minutes earlier than you normally do. But whatever. But peace to you in the midst of the storms of life. 
Hallelujah. I, 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 I drew such comfort and strength from knowing. I really did. Even this morning. Lord, thank you for 29 people that are praying today. We're praying in spirit together. You realize how, what a blessing that is? To know? Like, I, I got your name written down. And I'm trusting you that you're doing it, you know? If your name's not written down on my list, do it anyway. Or let me know, whatever. But let's just pray for each other as we go through these storms of life. The third thing is this. The value of a friend is that it's, a friend is contagious. I, I like to think of my friend Jerry Ellis. Jerry came on the live stream. I hadn't seen Jerry in a long time. And he's on there, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, faithfully on there. Sometimes he's driving home from work. He's on the live stream in his car on his, on his phone. Then his wife is on there, Jeannie. Hey, Jeannie, how you doing? So G- now Jerry and Jeannie are faithfully on the live stream. Once in a while, uh, their son Mike is on there. He's in Florida, I think. And their daughter Tawny is on there. And then Jerry tells uh, his sister, Jill. And so much, the other sister, Joyce, finds out. And the other sister, who's the other sister? Uh, Jan, Jan finds out. And Jan's husband was, was very sick. Maybe we're praying for Clark. But what I'm saying is, friendships are contagious. When John writes in verse 14, peace to you, our friends greet you. My friends are your friends. Greet the friends up there by name. John is including everybody. Your friend becomes my friend, and my friends become your friends, and and we just go out together. We have a bigger base of Christian friendship. Very valuable. In Mark 5, you know the story of the demoniac what, what happened? He said, uh, Jesus, I want to get in the, in the boat and go with you. And Jesus said, no, no, no. You go home and tell your friends what great things God has done for you. The whole circle expanded when Jesus said, go tell your friends. It's contagious. The woman at the well, Jesus told her her whole life. She went back and told her townspeople. I met a man who knew my whole life. He knew everything about me. They came and they got saved too. So when we say friendships are, are contagious, what we mean is that, uh, that, that feeling of love and acceptance of warmth. Who wouldn't want that? But friendships spread and they grow. And well, they should. So in, in conclusion to this, I, I want to put it this way. The value of a friend is very, very important. But there's one that's the most important. In Matthew eleven nineteen, Jesus is referred to as a friend of sinners. Hello? He's a friend of sinners and tax collectors. When I quoted John 15, 13 before, greater love is no one than this than to lay down his life for his friends. Jesus was talking about himself that laid down his life for his friends. He said, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. Proverbs 18, 24, it says, There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. His name is Jesus. And I would submit to you today, if you have a friend in Jesus, you can develop friendships through Jesus with other people. So in conclusion, here's here's the summary. The value of a friend. 
We have a future, some, something to look forward to in getting together. We have a spiritual dimension, peace to you in the midst of our trial or conflict, especially as we see the day approaching. And friendships spread and are contagious. And the fourth thing is that friendships point to Jesus. So hopefully we could be like Christ to other people and lead people into a closer relationship with the Lord. Amen? Let's stand together. I want to read verse number 14 together. Verse number 14, let's read it together. It says, But I hope to see you shortly, and we shall speak face to face. Peace to you. Our friends greet you. Greet the friends by name. Let's say it again. But I hope to see you shortly, and we shall speak face to face. Peace to you. Our friends greet you. Greet the friends by name. We have a brother in the church that's been with us probably, I think, since October or November. And it's, he's been in a struggle. Right now he's in a detox. We need to pray for our friend. He's probably counting on his friends at church praying for him. We need to keep praying for one another, for marriages, for relationships, for our children. So every head bowed for just a moment. Before we pray, every head bowed. Is there anyone here this morning or someone online that um, Jesus has never become your friend? He's somewhere in the distance. But today you could feel him or hear him knocking on the door of your heart. Let me come into your life. I want to come into your life. The word says, if you open your heart, he'll come in and dine with you and have fellowship with you. Is there anyone that needs to receive Christ today as your Lord and your Savior and your very best friend? Okay. I wonder if there's anyone here this morning that feels like uh, this message maybe kind of hit a little bit of a nerve because I'm I'm not too good in the friend department. I just need God's help to establish some friends. Anyone like anyone want to admit that? I just need help in establishing some friends. I see one hand. I wonder how many would say, "Lord God, help me to be a better friend to somebody." Right? Okay. What to pray. Let's sing. Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together with cords that cannot be broken. Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together with love. 
I'm going to ask you all to step out and gravitate up here to the front. I want to pray a blessing over you. And uh, as we say the final amen, say hello to somebody and begin a new friendship. be saying to you we're not the only Christians in town there's a whole bunch of us (laughs) but can you when you see another Christian this week greet them encourage them bless them pray for them because this body of Christ is huge there's strength and unity in numbers there really is but we can't be exclusively like our own little thing we're part of a bigger entity. So that's that's our that's our closing statement. Go be a blessing to another Christian. Well, if you see each other though, that's a good way to start. But if you see someone else from another church, bless them and encourage them. Let me pray. Father, Lord, thank you for this day. Lord, in the middle of the summer in uh, here in New England, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Lord, for me and Pamela personally, 45 years of marriage, we give you praise and glory and honor. We started out getting married in a church. We're still in a church. I pray, Lord, that our example will be an encouragement to others that marriage works. Marriage is good. Marriage is right when God's in it. So, Lord, may that be a blessing to others. Lord, may this message about the value of friendships resonate in our hearts. Lord, maybe from my perspective, these many years being in ministry, we've seen so many people hurt by Christian people. And friendships broken by harsh words or a bad attitude or just a, a, an, ins, um, an insincerity towards one another. Forgive us, Lord, for that. But may love grow up in us and flow from us to touch each other in a special way. And, Lord, may we be a blessing to another Christian somewhere this week down their line. If we run into a believer from the Baptist church or the, or the Methodist church or whatever, the, whatever church there is, the Catholic church, let us be a blessing to somebody. Let love prevail. Let love be a healing element in many people's hearts during these days. Lord, with all the stuff that's going on, we don't need more problems within the church. We pray that love would flow, Lord, from your throne into the body of Christ. And Lord, ultimately, may each of us be diligently pursuing the best friend we could ever have in our Lord Christ Jesus. So, Lord, I pray your blessing over everyone. 
over the children downstairs as well. Let us have a good rest of the day and a really great week. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen. Well, greet somebody and tell somebody you love them.